0: Blue Wire. Osweiler in trouble. Osweiler brought down Khalil Mack. Oh, here comes Bullshot. Drifter without a helmet. J.J. Watt will always put his fingerprints on a game. Steps up, and he's going to be hit from the side, and he's going down. That's a sack. Darius Leonard, the maniac. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Trench Warfare Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Thorne, and this is presented by Blue Wire. So I'm really excited to be back. Uh, it's been a couple weeks. Uh, I had a family vacation in there, and uh, you know I've been back though for uh, two weeks now. And man, I mean, I, I've I've been watching so much film, uh, and I'm just you know I'm thankful to be able to do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, pretty much when the coaches tape drops. I really start Tuesday morning of the season, you know, in season is my schedule, I really start Tuesday morning and all day Tuesday, all day Wednesday, all day Thursday is film and that's pretty much how long it takes me to, to watch every game and to watch at least a couple players on every unit, every snap and that's kind of what I do in season and then off season you know I, I go back and I watch a lot of guys again and you know a lot of guys I miss but you know through 2 weeks of of watching every snap and then week 1, you know, where I was out of town, I've went back and watched most of those games, not all of them yet. Um but I you know I think I've I've seen, you know, a lot of offensive line play so far and uh defensive line as well and just a lot of random stuff that I've posted on my Twitter account as well. But I I wanted to to have this episode be a solo podcast with me here just talking about some some players that have stood out and some some insight that I think you guys will enjoy. So one of those things that I wanted to start off with was last week in week three, the Chargers and Panthers game, you'll, you know, I have the timestamp here, it's uh, 8-14 in the first quarter, and Brian Bulaga gives up a sack to Brian Burns. Now a lot of people were talking about Brian Burns on Twitter, about how good of a game he had, Um, Bulaga eventually went out in this game and uh, was replaced. So, you know, Burns was beating a backup primarily, but in this, on this particular snap, when he got a sack, I I thought, I thought it was interesting because when I was watching it, I found you know, I noticed that Belaga kind of stopped early, you know, like he was expecting maybe the quarterback to do something different. You know, I I mean, Burns pretty much just ran right by him and it looked kind of like a cheap sack. Um, And, you know, I come to find out, I was able to to kind of get some some inside information, if you will, on that play. And I I found out that the quarterback, if you watch that clip, he was supposed to do, or at least Bulaga thought he was going to do a three-step drop um, because of the call in the huddle signaled that. But Bulaga wasn't aware that on that specific number call that it was a longer drop. So... The sequence of numbers that were called in the huddle is typically a three-step drop, but that specific play, he wasn't aware that it, it was longer. Um, and, and if you watch it, you'll you'll see uh, Herbert. It's actually a, a play-action pass, and it looks like a five-step. So, you, you know, you could really kind of tell there that Belaga and him weren't on the same page. Now, you know, you could say that Belaga should have known that. You know, I, I don't know... You know, kind of how to assign blame totally accurately there, but it's important context for that individual sack. And I think Burns so far in his career, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want this to sound, you know, like I'm knocking him too much, but I think a lot of his sacks have been due to effort or just coverage um you know or or just quarterbacks just you know not playing very well now he's a very talented guy obviously extremely athletic I think he's near elite athleticism you know if not very good at worst uh he's very bendy he has a nice spin move he plays with great effort things like that but I think his play strength is below average he's kind of a one-dimensional speed guy he can win inside though you know with that spin so he's a good player right now but I you know I just don't I haven't seen enough from him against high-level competition, Uh, you know, stringing moves together and showing, you know, a diversified plan and and you know, winning in multiple ways yet. But I, I think he's certainly on the way. That's that's kind of a sidebar there on on Burns. But I thought that was an interesting thing there on that sack. And then another play is the Bucks Broncos game from Week Three. Now this play is in the first quarter at the 4.55 mark in the game. It's a three yard loss run to the left. And if you watch this play, you'll notice that it's a zone run uh, to the left. Uh, looks like the, the boundary side of the field and a weak side zone. Um, the Broncos here uh, have a three technique on the front side. Looks like Shelby Harris and you know, I thought this was interesting as well. I got clarification on this, um, you know, for, from a guy on the team um, that here, you no. Know, so this is really interesting because this is a combo block from the three technique up to the second level. And at the snap, Harris, he slants inside and Marpet, the left guard, was supposed to provide a little bit more help here to Ryan Jensen, the center. But instead, he just got a little too wide at the snap and just climbed the second level and it kind of screwed over jensen and then harris wound up getting penetration and there was penetration you know on the outside of the run as well just you know it it just wasn't a a good play you know all the way around but this specific you know relationship here between the combo and the defensive tackle and the linebacker i thought was interesting because you would think just looking at it like oh you know jensen wasn't really ready for the slant or, or whatnot but you know, in these scenarios, the center he's actually able to talk to the guard pre-snap, and if he feels like you know a slant is coming, or, or uh, he he feels like he can handle that guy, if he was a little bit tighter, if he was a two technique, for instance, or even just a tight three technique, he can give a single call, and um, what that means is you know he's just going to take him on his own. But he didn't do that here. Um, so Marpet should have provided a little bit more help. So if you want to go back and watch that, I thought, I thought those two plays are just kind of something that if you have access to the, you know, to NFL Game Pass, you can go back and watch and just kind of follow along with what I'm saying and just, you know, it's just kind of a, one of those game within the game kind of tidbits that I love about offensive line play. But let's go into some of the guys and some of the situations that have really been standing out to me. Um, and just kind of going through some of my clips here, I think we have to start with Wyatt Teller, uh, right guard for the Cleveland Browns. There's an argument, I think that he has been the best guard in the NFL so far this season, which is kind of crazy to say, um, considering this is only, this is his first year as a full-time starter. He started, I believe it was seven or nine games, uh, at the end of last season, which, you know, doesn't make this all too surprising to me. I mean, it's still surprising, but I guess I would say it's not shocking because last year when you watch the film, he was like ragdolling guys like Gino Atkins last year. Um, and I think I talked about this on a prior podcast as well, but he was doing some s- pretty special stuff last year. This year, he's just taken it to an entirely different level though. And, um, you know, the traits that he has... Uh, and just the way he looks on film is is really special. Now, we're, we're going to see if he can continue it, but they've faced good competition so far, so I don't think that this is a fluke. I mean, last week against the Washington football team defensive line, which I think is one of the five or six best defensive lines in the game, um, and certainly one of the two best interior defensive lines, I mean, Wyatt Teller was pushing Deron Payne around in that game i mean he was he put my, matt ionitis on the ground at least two times um ionitis got him with a nice hump move you'll see in the first quarter there but uh you know so you know i'm not saying he's perfect but i mean he was he was kind of manhandling these two guys throughout this game more than you really ever see it happen uh he can pull at a very high level and he's very athletic i think he has elite play strength he's his size and his length are are outstanding um i mean i've been you know talking to guys about him and you know it's just incredible incredible i mean i was talking to uh to robert mays uh for the from the athletic about this and he was saying that he's built like the mountain from game of thrones and when you watch him on tape i mean he, he really is i mean he looks so impressive on tape and if you go to my Twitter account, at Brandon Thorne NFL, uh, Instagram as well, same thing. I've posted some clips of him uh, over the last two weeks there where you can really get a good idea of where he's winning, what he, what is making him so special. And, you know, coming into the year, I had the Browns as a top 10 offensive line, top eight offensive line. You know, I may have been a little low on them, honestly. I mean, so far, at least, uh, they're looking outstanding. I mean, the Bill Callahan effect is real, you know, being... Um, you know, just in this coaching staff in this scheme. Uh, you know, it, it's just clicking. Uh, you know, Jedrick Wills is another guy, you know, his adjustment to left tackle, first time he's ever played that's you know, on that side, college or pro. I mean, he's he's definitely adjusting pretty well. Um, and I think he's improving weekly uh at this point. You know, there's a clip I posted that kind of went viral last week of a vertical set that he did that looks a lot like Joe Thomas. I'm not saying he's Joe Thomas, you know, obviously, but I mean, he had a vertical set that was just absolutely beautiful. Um, He's done a lot of really, really special things, a little bit, a little bit up and down. I mean, the first week to me, you know, I wasn't that impressed by him. Um, But the last two weeks, you know, I've I've definitely been very impressed. So I think he's probably been, if I had to rank the rookie tackles, I think he's probably been the third best one Um, and you know, I think there's kind of a tier one, and he's in it, and he's that third guy. Now, to, to kind of go go further into this rookie tackle discussion, the second guy for me, I mean, it's kind of a one a one b thing, really, between Mackay Becton and, and Tristan Wirfs. Um, I mean, Becton, you know, he's more powerful than Wirfs is, in my opinion. I mean, Wirfs play strength is incredible; it's elite, I think. Um, so he's kind of neck and neck, if not above. Becton there, but power and just explosiveness, um, I think Becton has him there, even though, you know, Worf's tested, like, you know, one of the most explosive offensive line of all time, offensive linemen of all time, um, you know, on tape is, you know, obviously a different thing from the combine and Becton is able to do some, some really kind of rare things, uh, you know, in terms of power. Um, so, It's tough. You know, I think Wurfs is so fundamentally sound. He's faced very good competition so far, and he's only lost a couple reps. Uh, You know, the game that sticks out to me about him is week one against Cam Jordan. First game as a pro, he goes out there, he's attacking Cam Jordan. He's matching him with strength. He's matching him with length, with hands. Um, I mean, it was so impressive. Uh, now, granted, I don't know if Cam Jordan is necessarily himself this year. That's kind of a different story that I haven't investigated fully yet. But nonetheless, um, you know, he, he lost, uh, I believe Cam Jordan. Cam Jordan got him on a pretty nasty cross-chop move in that game. But really, that was kind of the only rep that I saw him lose. And he 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 kind of was able to handle him otherwise. So that game for me really stands out. And then last week against Denver, uh, you, you'll notice on my Twitter account, I posted this clip of him absolutely stoning Bradley Chubb, and the core strength that he showed was was just remarkable. Um, you know, I really wish we would we would have got more than 14 snaps of Beckton and Bosa in Week Three. That's unfortunate that uh, Bosa went down and he's out for the year. I mean, I'm I'm sick about that one because <laughs> Nick Bosa is honestly one of my favorite players in the league to watch. I thought he was one of the best rookies I've ever seen last year. Um, so that that was a blow for sure. But, um, you know, week five we get Beckton and Chandler Jones. So, you know, you definitely got to get your popcorn ready for that one. And believe I'm going to be highlighting that one extensively, um, you know, that following week. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile this year to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win. Your game spreads, totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all these great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. You just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Cheesecake Factory, and many local restaurants as well. That's kind of what I use it for. Um, Just open the app, the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and the food will be on the way. And right now, our listeners can get $5 off. And zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code BlueWire. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and download BlueWire. Don't forget that's code BlueWire for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. One thing that I'm excited to watch from home this year on game day is the rookie offensive tackle class. That's Andrew Thomas, Jedrick Wills Jr., Tristan Wirfs, and Makai Becton. Pepsi is a refreshment that you need to power through any game day, including film sessions. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. That's how i probably rank the rookie tackles um, Right now, I think Andrew Thomas is struggling. You know, he's the first one taken, uh, ironically enough. But he he's struggling right now. His his hand usage is marginal, I would say, which is kind of maybe below average at best. You know, maybe a two out of seven on my scale, maybe a three out of seven. It's not good right now, and it's really causing him a lot of issues. I call it strike timing, um, which is you know leading him to be. Too early or too late at the point of attack, which is causing him to allow guys into his chest, to miss guys, to whiff, to lean. Um, and a lot of that stems from the ground up. You know, his base and his footwork coming out of his stance and his his tendency to overset rushers is leaving soft inside shoulders and guys are able to beat him inside quickly. So, you know, and it's, he's not facing the best competition. I mean, Kerry Hyder and Dion Jordan were beating him pretty easily. In week three. So that's concerning there for sure. But it's also, you know, important to point out that it's only three games and he certainly can improve. He has the traits, certain traits to do it. I mean, obviously size. I think in the run game he's been solid. Um and you know, length as well. He's I think he has like 36-inch arms, which you know can help you. I mean, that's that's not you know the biggest thing, but it's it's a nice kind of supplementary trait to have. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think his processing has been pretty good as far as handling, handling stunts. Uh, but it's really just his his technique right now is, is not very good and it's causing him a lot of issues. So definitely keep an eye out on him. I will be, um, so you can follow along, you know, here and then on my Twitter account to kind of get updates on him. But yeah, that's how I see, uh, you know, kind of the rookie tackle situation right now. Uh, Grady Jarrett is incredible. I mean, if you followed me on Twitter for the last few years, you know I'm a huge Grady Jarrett fan. Ever since I watched every snap of him in 2017 for Bleacher for Bleacher Report, um, I was a huge fan. I thought he was a top five defensive tackle that year, and I mean, he's just continuing to be in that. You know, he's a top five guy. I mean, he's been a top. This is this will be his fourth year as a top five defensive tackle if he keeps this up. But man, he, he's special. Um, he's so good against the run. And I think probably the most impressive thing about Grady Jarrett to me, trait wise is mental processing, his ability to recognize recognize blocking concepts quickly, diagnose them and, you know, penetrate the backfield is just, it's remarkable. He, he's, he's an incredible player. Um, so definitely a guy to, to watch there. Um, let's go through here a little bit more. Um, you know, Cody Ford, I think is interesting and just the just the Bills offensive line in general, a lot of uh, turnover this year as opposed to last year. Um, you know, Cody Ford played left guard in week three. He's played right guard earlier than that. So he you know, he played right tackle all of last year. So there's some switch, some change ups there. Uh Feliciano, John Feliciano, he was out for the year early. Uh so you know, it's caused a lot of uh, change there. They signed Brian Winters, he's played Um, you know, but I think the bills, obviously their offense is firing on all cylinders It hasn't been that much of a detriment, but they're, you know, trying to work through some things there, um, that I think is really interesting to watch. I like seeing Cody Ford at guard. I I evaluated him coming out of Oklahoma primarily as a guard. So, you know, I would like him to to be able to stay on one side. Um, but you know, with Quentin Spain going down, uh, that he had to fill in there. So, Um, it's kind of interesting to watch him get experience on both sides and how he handles it. Uh, He had a play against Aaron Donald on, you know, Donald and I don't know who the defensive end was, were were running a TE stunt. And Cody Ford just, like, attacked Donald and threw him on the ground. And I kind of, you know, I think that that... That strategy is is smart sometimes with Aaron with Aaron Donald. Sometimes if you're a big strong dude like Cody Ford, the best thing to do is just go at him and get your hands on him quickly. Um, now, obviously, that poses some risks with Aaron Donald because uh, if you miss, it, you know, obviously the the, the rep is over. Um, but he he did a really nice job on that stunt there. Um, so that's you know he's a guy that I'm really interested to watch in year two. Um, inside because I think that's his best fit so I'm more interested in watching it you know I, I, I kind of saw him struggling at tackle entering his rookie year and he kind of did uh, specifically in pass protection but I love the way he plays and I think he could be a really good guard uh, Derek Brown is improving weekly a defensive tackle for the uh, Panthers rookie from Auburn I mean he's had a couple incredible displays of power he's very very good against the run already I wish that Kwan Short was healthy, man. I mean, that guy, you know, when he's healthy, he's one of the best defensive linemen in the league. Just a freaky, special blend of power, uh, athleticism, and explosiveness. Um, And it it would just be a shame if we don't get him back healthy in his career. It's been a couple years now, so I I don't know if it's going to happen. But if it does, him and Derek Brown are going to be incredible to watch so really hoping that happens um you know man the bangles you know geez jonah williams you know he's been up and down for sure this is essentially his rookie year after missing his first year last year with injury broken collarbone um, or torn torn labrum i think sorry but uh yeah i mean Jonas still has shown some special stuff, though. I think he's going to be fine. I mean, this offensive line outside of him is an absolute disaster. Um, the guards are probably the worst in the NFL, um, and they've just got, you know, I think I saw a stat where they've, they're giving up by far the most pressures in the league. You know, take take those stats for you know what you will, but either way, it's not good, um, and it's painful to watch because Joe Burrow looks so promising, but he's behind – just a terrible offensive line. And this is two years in a row that the Bengals have done this. I mean, they need to, you know, I, I think that, you know, their offensive line coach, Jim Turner, you know, I just haven't seen him develop anybody, you know, and it's, I don't know. It, it, I mean, for a young head coach like Zach Taylor, hiring a, you know, quality veteran offensive line coach with a, you know, a proven track record of development is critical for, you know, a young you know, head coach to, you know, have success, you look at Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland hiring Bill Callahan. Now I know everybody can't hire a Bill Callahan, but you know, that Turner hire, you know, I just, I don't know. I mean, having him there, I just don't see him moving the needle for these guys in a positive direction. We'll, we'll see what happens, but man, Cleveland is, is, is rough to watch. <laughs> I'll just say that, but I, I watch him every week because of Jonah, um, so I'll be keeping tabs on him. Um, trying to think of any um, other surprises here. Not a surprise, but my my OT two from the uh, 2018 draft. You know, I had Jonah one and Jawan Williams, or sorry, uh, Jawan Taylor two from University of Florida in Jacksonville, right tackle. Uh, he looks very good this year. Great to see him kind of put it together. He has a really nice set um you know he sets vertical a lot and it works for him because if you're going to set vertical you have to have a strong anchor because you're going to be closer to the quarterback at the drop and uh he certainly has that um now technique you know is still a little up and down with him with his anchor it's certainly not a lack of play strength or power you know anything like that i think it's just technique wise just that transition period from you know moving backwards at that angle and then all of a sudden having to drop your hips you know come underneath with your hands and place them perfectly on a guy that transition period especially guys who rushers who are able to convert speed to power at a high level that makes that transition period for young offensive linemen so difficult and you know generally guys are going to get blown up here and there by you know high competition it happened to him last year quite a bit. Cam Jordan was a came in 2019. He really, he had two rushes where he just, just bombarded Taylor. Um, but, you know, so you still see that creep up a little bit this year. But overall, I mean, he's very, his hands are, you know, much better than last year, I think, just overall. So, and that was my biggest concern of his coming out was his hands. So, uh, really nice to see there. Um, I'll just do a couple more players here and just things that have stood out I mean Isaiah Wynn looks phenomenal now granted they have played you know three of the five or six worst defensive lines in the NFL so far um now you know the Raiders defensive line I I won't say they're that bad um but they're disappointing I I thought I had them I think 19 coming into the year you know which was I thought high and it looks like I was too high on them honestly I mean I thought Malik Collins was going to be able to do a little something uh you know he's been kind of invisible so far Maurice Hurst has been their best defensive lineman but Mason Crosby man I mean he's still you know pretty up and down as well just kind of you know more than anything he flashes but his flashes are special he beat Ryan Ramchick in week two clean twice one against the run one against the pass uh going inside on him and then in week three he had a really nice rush as well um I mean, you know, he's beating high competition or, you know, very good competition, elite competition even, but it's just a down, you know, snap to snap basis. You know, if he can really start putting it together more, you know, consistency wise, he can be a really good player. But right now I kind of see him as just kind of an above average guy. Um, But, you know, either way, I mean, Isaiah Wynn is, you know, he's gone against him. Uh, He's gone against, you know, Farrell, Seattle, um, you know, just not a lot of great defensive lines at all. Not even very good at all. Uh, But, you know, it's going to start picking up a little bit here for him. He's going to see Frank Clark and the Chiefs in week four. So I'm very interested to see that one. That's going to be a great matchup. But, I mean, he's he's doing what is asked of him so far. He's pretty much dominating competition. He's losing maybe a rep a game um, from what I've seen, you know, which is outstanding. Uh so that's great to see because Isaiah Wynn was, you know, a guy I loved coming out of Georgia. He was my third overall offensive line lineman in that draft. I believe I had it Quentin Nelson one, which you know everyone on earth did. Uh I had Frank Ragno two, slightly ahead of Wynn. Um, but those three were all first round guys to me. Um so that that's really cool to see from Wynn there. Um Eric McCoy, I mean, I think he's an elite center at this point. Uh he's outstanding. You know, there's some you know s- some turnover there inside. Um, you know, Caesar Ruiz played last week, which is good to see. But you know, Pete went down last week as well. So there's some turnover going on there um, on the interior of their Saints offensive line. Fortunately, they have some good depth. You know, Nick Easton is a really good swing interior guy to have. Uh, he's had to play a lot this season, but uh, he may have to play more now. I'm not sure what the status is on Pete. I don't think it's too serious, but Um, yeah, so, you know, still the best tackle duo in the NFL with Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchek and Eric McCoy, you know, elite at the pivot. So, you know, that's an outstanding offensive line as expected. Um, who else here? Oh, a couple other guys that have caught my eye. John Franklin Myers, defensive lineman from the Jets. I posted a couple things on him, but this dude, I mean, 6'4", 288. And if you watch this guy, he's he's pretty twitched up and powerful for a guy that size. He has some thunder in his hands, very quick as well with his hands. Um, you know, good dexterity. He's a guy I've really liked watching the last couple weeks. I mean, he's been one of the better defensive linemen in the league for at least you know two out of these three weeks, um, and that's saying something, especially you know you know for a Jets team that is you know maybe the worst team in the league. He kind of sticks out like a sore thumb, for you know, in a good way. Uh, he beat Quentin Nelson clean uh, in week three, as well uh, with a nasty rush. Um, you know, stuff like that. I mean, you know, not not too many guys are beating Quentin Nelson clean and uh, doing what he's doing. I mean, he was manhandling uh, Mike McGlinchey the week before that as well. Now, granted, that's another odd thing. Mike McGlinchey's uh, weight this year—he looks light. Um, and it's hurting him. I mean, he does not look good at all right now. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, he just doesn't have a lot of strength right now. He's getting pushed around, and, you know, just by guys that shouldn't be pushing him around. Um, there was another kind of surprise guy I wanted to talk about here. I'm sure it'll come to me. Um, oh, as far as uh, scheme goes, I mean, Todd Bowles, what he's doing in Tampa you know, the the blitz concepts that he's designing. I mean, Via, Vita Via and uh, Sue in the middle, those defensive tackles and Levante David and Devin White behind them inside, that interior foursome is just incredible. The the speed and power and strength blend of those four guys and just how they're, you know, crisscrossing, doing cross dogs and, um, you know, sugar in the A-gaps and, picking off the center and just doing all kinds of you know crazy stuff that Todd Bowles is designing, all these late loopers and exotic blitzes. That defense is incredible to watch. I think that's going to be one of my big biggest mismatches of the week uh, in Week 4 against the Chargers, especially if Tri-Turner is out again. Um, I just don't see that going well for them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so far these are just... You know, some thoughts that I've had. I'm, I'm kind of going off some of my notes here and some of the videos that I've made so far. So, you know, it's about 30 minutes here of just talking ball and, you know, just giving you some names to look out for. Um, and just uh, hopefully earlier that insight was helpful as well. Hopefully you guys go check out those clips and you can see what I was talking about. But yeah, um, this season I'm planning on having my typical guests as always. Uh, going to have a lot of NFL uh, offensive linemen, probably some college offensive line coaches as well. I'm going to get that back going. Um, and some guests in the media as well. So I'm excited about it. And uh, you know, be sure to follow me on Twitter. And if you can rate and review this podcast, that would be greatly appreciated as well. So, yeah, until next time, guys, thank you for, for checking this out. And I will be back soon.